This is the sermon podcast for Mosaic Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Committed to bringing the beauty of the gospel of Jesus to the broken places of our lives. In the middle of a sermon series in the Ten Commandments, um, and if you're new to our church, uh, we we don't um, we we don't just kind of plop down wherever we want. We're actually working through the entire book of Exodus. So the plan is to. To, to truck on through the whole book of Exodus, but right now we're in Exodus chapter 20, and so I'd invite you, uh, if you have a Bible with you, uh, to you could open that. It's a, it's a brief, brief text this morning, but it would be worthy of you seeing the words on page or in digital form, if that's your preference. Um, I love preaching God's Word. Um, it's something that I believe that God has called me to do with my life, and uh, the preparation of preaching uh, is a labor of love. It, you know, you, I get to spend, you know, this is my full-time job, so I get to spend a lot of time and hours, um, you know, preparing to preach. It's a, it's a portion of my job. It's not my entire job. Uh, but this week, this is just a moment of just preacher confession. Andy didn't give us nearly t- enough time to confess. Um, I would have, I, I, I actually leaned over to Heather and said, I needed like 10 more minutes this morning. Um, But preacher confession this morning, um, I've been avoiding this sermon all week. Um, And I I don't think I've, actually, I have not mentioned this yet. We are not preaching these um, commandments in order. So if you're not dizzy enough already from the order we've done, uh, this morning we're looking at the fifth commandment, um, which uh, has to do with honoring uh, parents. And I thought it was just appropriate and fitting on this day in our you know, American calendar that we celebrate mothers. So we, we, we'll, we'll go back to four next week. But, but I have been avoiding this sermon all week. Um, and it's, it's because uh, this text um, presses on a very um, open wound in my own heart. Um, I uh, am a child of divorced parents, and my parents have also divorced um, again, from from my step parents, um, and I currently uh, am avoiding my bi- biological dad. Uh, our conversation is is challenging right now. I'm currently not in conversation with my stepfather, um, and I'm navigating a relationship with with my mom, who's actively in my life. But all that to say, just just kind of again, full confession. Um, this text um, presses on some kind of raw parts of my heart and I'm I'm guessing just taking taking a stab out there uh, that there are some parts of your heart that are a little raw too with this text so I come to you as a man um, who knows about this text um, and is not great at practicing this text Um, and so I hope you'll enter into the passage with me before I read uh, the words of the passage. Here's what I want to do. We don't always do kind of mystical, contemplative type of stuff like this, but we're going to do it today. Uh, I just want to pause before I read the text for about 30 seconds, a little longer than Andy gave us, 30, about 30 seconds. And I want you to think about your parents. Now, for some of you, you know, that is, that is a mom and dad. Uh, for others of you, you know, maybe you were raised in, in a single parent home, or you were raised by grandparents, or an aunt and uncle, or you were in the foster system. Uh, you know, this, I, I want you to think about the people that God put in your life who gave you 
your primary care in your childhood years. So, you know, whatever, birth to 18 or so. I want you to think about them. Uh, we're not, you know, we're not praying to them. We're not worshiping them. I just want you to think about those people for about 30 seconds because this text is aimed at you thinking about them and what it means to honor them. Um, it's not aimed at you as a parent uh, to your children. It is aimed at you thinking about those who gave you your primary care. So let's do that for about 30 seconds, and then I'm going to invite us to uh, hear the words of the scriptures. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, says this. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Let's pray together. Father, it's my prayer um, that you would meet with us now, uh, that you would perhaps by the work of your spirit, stir up memories, um, both good and bad, uh, that you would reveal parts of our hearts that are aching, uh, that you um, would handle our hearts with care, and that you would help us uh, to take this text seriously, and that you would meet us um, as we engage with you in your word this morning. Please do that. For your own name's sake, we pray. Amen. Uh, I was introduced uh, to a, a new a figure in church history that I, I hadn't heard of before uh, over the past year, and uh, her name is Julian of Norwich. Uh, through some various readings that I, that I was reading, her name popped up several times, and I recently came across a book. Uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of a biography and kind of an encapsulation of some of her writings. And Julian of Norwich is 14th century um, Christian in, in Europe, um, and she, she lived her entire life uh, during a global pandemic. Uh, it was during the Black Plague. So the Black Plague took about 25 million lives in Europe, um, you know, obviously, it was a, a very pre-modern time as far as technology is concerned. And so uh, Julian of Norwich, her entire life was lived um, in what, you know, to even higher degrees of what we've been through the past 12 months. But that, that's, that's what her, her whole life in existence was. And in her writings, which, by the way, we only have, we have three handwritten copies of her writings, uh, and they weren't even they weren't even printed or publicly produced until like 400 years after she died. So all that to say, is she was kind of like this hidden relic in uh, Christian history for a while. But in her writings, uh, she she they're called the showings, 
And this will make some of you uh, uber Presbyterian type of people very uncomfortable. But she had revelations from God. And she recorded these revelations from God. And uh, there's just a ton of insight into these. And part of her revelations from God, uh, she, she uh, titled them the five supreme delights of divinity. And I found these um, just, just really, really basic on one level but profound on so many other levels. These are the five supreme delights of divinity uh, that Julian of Norwich identified in no specific order. I'm going to actually go out of the order that she lists them. Um, She says that God rejoices that he is our beloved and true lover. Uh, She says that Jesus Christ rejoices that he is our brother and that Jesus Christ rejoices that he is our savior. Um, but But the final two... Um, for the of the five, um, you know, very applicable today. She said that that God rejoices that He is our Father, and that God rejoices that He is our Mother. And um, just incredibly um, pointed and relevant for us, and and maybe uncomfortable for some of you, is that God um, has designed your not your life uniquely to experience His parenting. And what I mean by that is um, all of our hearts, you know, I I don't know all of you. I know some of you, most of you. I know some of your stories, most of your stories, not all of them. But here's what I do know. None of us had perfect parents. Um, You you may have great parents that that did a a wonderful job with you, but they were not perfect. And others of you had, had really, really challenging childhoods because of your parents. And, and here's, my, here's what I'm convinced of, and this is what Julian of Norwich was kind of getting at in her writings, was that God has uniquely handcrafted every one of our stories. Like he's that powerful. At all, you know, there's whatever, seven billion people on the planet right now. But in all of history, God has uniquely handcrafted your story with your parents so that you could supremely experience his parenting. That, that's, I am, I'm convinced of that. That whatever your story is, I, I, again, I don't know it. You know it. God knows it. It was uniquely handcrafted so that he could get into your heart in a way that you would experience his delight like you couldn't have without your story. So as we think about what it means to honor your father and mother so that you would live long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. That's the text. Here's the three things that I think um, the text is showing us. Uh, I think it's showing us, first off, who to honor. Uh, Next, I think it's showing us how to honor. And then it's showing us why to honor. So kind of basic basic structure there for us to follow. But let's talk about who to honor. And I want to be kind of probably the briefest on this point. Um, You know, the language of the Hebrew passage is very specifically father and mother. Um, they could have used the word parents to kind of s- summarize it, but specifically it is father and mother. So at the very micro level, when you think about who to honor, um, think about, uh, again, this is not always a mother and a father. Like your, your, your handcrafted story is different. So whoever those people that gave you the primary care that your heart needed as a child, think about them at the micro level. But But even... Even bigger on the on the macro level, what this passage is actually teaching us is is that anyone who has that kind of authority over your life should be honored. 
So you can even you can back this thing up, you know, all the way up to the mic macro level of governing authorities and police officers and teachers and coaches and professors and uh, you know spiritual leaders, so pastors or elders. Like at the at the macro level, this text applies to that. That's who you should honor. But at the very micro level, and I'm just going to hang out at the micro level today because that's that's just all we can all we can do today. The very micro level, uh, who to honor is the people that that God put into your life to care for your heart when it needed cared for most. Okay, so that's who He's asking you to honor. That that is who to honor. But Jesus, if you if you're familiar with Jesus's teachings, um, he 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 had this upside down kingdom kind of stuff always lurking in the background of his teachings. And if you remember, there was a day when he was at the synagogue uh, doing some teaching with some people and uh, his, his earthly family, his mother, Mary, and his siblings were looking for Jesus. And they went up and they said, and they said you know, where's Jesus? And Jesus comes out and, and he, or somebody came up to Jesus and said, listen, your, your family is looking for you. And do and you remember Jesus's response? He would say, well, who is my family? Who is my mother? Who is my brother? And, and in essence, Jesus said, you know, the one who does the will of my father, that's, that's who my family is. So I just kind of want you to keep that, I just want you to table that for a minute. Because what Jesus introduces to us is a new family um, that can care for your heart in ways that maybe your earthly family could not care for. So that's who to honor. Let's, let's talk about how to honor. Now, when we, hear, when we hear this commandment, and I know you've heard it, most of you, even if you're new to the Bible, new to Christianity, you've heard honor your father and mother, you know, th- th- that's very basic 101 stuff, right? How do we interpret honor? We, we would interchange honor with obey, right? Like, we're, we're real quick, like, we could pull this one out on the kids, like, in a, in a heartbeat, right? Like, honor your father and mother. Like, we, we equate honoring to obeying. And, and obeying certainly could be part of honoring, but it, it has so much more to do than with obedience. Um, the word used here is a Hebrew word that means heavy. Uh, it's the same word that references God's heaviness when it talks about the glory of God. It's that word. So it's, it's you know, give weight to your father and mother. Um, it's, it, you know, it's, you know, if I could give just a summary of it, it's, it's give respect, esteem, and value to the weight that your parents have on your life. Now, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do a bit of a 30,000 kind of, I want to give you big, broad categories of how to honor. So these are, you know, it feel, it'll feel like a lot of theory, but as I'm talking through this, I want you to filter this through the things that you're thinking about for your parents. So some of you, you know, are, your parents are aging. And so you're, you're making decisions about their long-term care and their financial, um, you know, standing and how to handle estates and, you know, those kinds of things. Some of you are kind of thinking through that. Others of you are, you know, you, you, your parents are still thriving, and you're, but you're adults. And so you've got this new kind of dynamic with your parents where, you know, you're, you're probably a parent and, and they're still your parents. And so you're, you're navigating that landscape and there's all kinds of decisions and, and dynamics in those relationships. And, and others of you, we've got some of our, 
young ears with us this morning. Others of you are still under the direct care of, of your parents and you live at home um, and maybe you're getting ready to, you know, fly out of the nest and, and do your own stuff. But like, I want you to think about these, these big categories um, as you think about how to honor your parents. I want you, I'm, I'm going to let you do the practical work this morning and I'm going to give you some more th- kind of bigger categories to think through. So here's, here's how to honor your father and mother. I'm just going to give you three categories. This is not exhaustive, but here's what I want you to consider thinking about this morning. The first thing is that honor invites honesty. Honor invites honesty in, in this way. Um, you, if, if you want to honor your father and mother, you have to be honest about the relationship. You have to be honest about the things that have taken place. You cannot honor your father and mother um, with your head in the sand. You simply can't. You must, um, you must come to terms with, again, the weight of your parents, the impact that they have had in shaping your heart. Our hearts are you know, as children are so tender and fragile and they were intended to be cared for like that. And so the, you know, the invitation of honoring your parents is to be honest about that. And, and when I say be honest, like it could mean talking to them about it. Um, it doesn't have to, but it could Because what happens when you're willing to engage in honesty with your parents is the relational dynamics change, right? When you can name the weight of your parents' impact on your life, not only will it help you navigate, you know, what's going on in your interior life, it will help them navigate it. So the, the first thing of, of honoring your parents is you must, you, you have to invite honesty into it. Um, but, but then the second thing is that, on, or that honoring always involves kindness. Now, when I say kindness, you hear me say niceness. I don't mean you must be nice to your parents because what, what niceness involves is just, um, just kind of chalking things up to like, you know, my parents say, you know, they did the best as they 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 did the best they could with what they had, right? Like that's really nice, um, but but there's there's a level of of kindness um, that is costly to you. Um, you if you are if you're willing to really honor your parents, you must meet them with a kindness that is costly. Um, and and what I'm what I'm primarily referring to here is is deep-seated compassion. Like, like, I think what God is interested in is not us painting with, you know, a really wide brush over, over our, our childhoods and even, even our adulthoods with our parents and just kind of summarizing it as, you know, it was, it was all right. Like, what I think he's, he wants us to be involved with um, is this level of compassion uh, that meets our parents with kindness. Because only kindness, again, will change the dynamics of a relationship. Like you can be nice to your parents. You can, you can brush things under the rug and act like they never happened. You can, you know, uh, just kind of 
limit what you think the impact of, of these things were, or you can invite the honesty, right? Involve kindness in the process. And then the final just component, I guess, of honoring your parents is that it requires love. And again, I feel like half my job is, is telling you what I don't mean. <laughs> what I don't mean by love is like, you know, hallmark sentimentality. Um, well, I hope you all got your parents' cards, like if, if you're able to do that. Like hallmark sentimentality, it's beautiful, right? I mean, you read the cards, it's like, who's writing these things? Who's getting paid to write these? There's some, there's some doozies out there, right? Like I, I always pride myself. Like I, I'm usually able to find... Uh, Heather never wants to hear this, but I'm usually able to find the Mother's Day card from, from my wife and mother of my children in, in five looks, right? It's like I, I, only, I, I can find it in five because there's, this, there's some good ones out there. But love is, is so much more than just the sim- sentimentality of, you know, I, I love you because you're my parents, and that's kind of what I'm supposed to do. Love always has the component of sacrifice to it. So here's the thing. Here's the, here's the big takeaway for the love. If you're going to honor your father and mother uh, in the way that the Bible's um, asking you to do it, um, it, will, it will cause sacrifice to you. And, and here's how sacrifice works. Sacrifice, somebody has to pay the cost for it. Right? So what, what the Bible's not saying is like, hey, you know, you just have to have this brutal honesty about your parents and you got to go tell them how it is and then just say, I'm going to love you anyway. No, what the Bible is saying is like, listen, le- be honest and vulnerable about all, all of your life. Like that's, that's what the gospel actually invites us into is like, let me see who you really are, right? And then in spite of what I see, I'm going to love you in a way that I will lay my life down for you. I will give everything away for you because here's that that is what's unique about christianity and and let me just remind you of that good news as you're feeling loads of burden and guilt this morning in relationship to this commandment here is the good news of the bible that god was very honest with our situation right he invited honesty he saw us for who we are he sees the darkest parts of our lives right and then he gets involved in such a way um, that he's kind. You know what the Bible says is the only thing that will lead you to God? It doesn't say um, like a life of mastering morality. It doesn't say like, you know, Bible knowledge. It doesn't say church involvement. It doesn't say any of those things. Here's the thing that will lead you to experience God's love the way you were intended to. It's his kindness. That when you begin to peel away the layers of your heart and are met with the darkest, um, repelling parts of yourself, if you, when you're met there and then God is there with you in a kind way, when he sees you at your worst and then enters in with kindness and a love that says this, I will give up my very best. I will give up my very own son so that I can have you in my family. Do you know what that will do to a person? That will change you. See, because here's, here's the thing, and if you're, new to, if you're new to Christianity, you're new to our church, here is the thing about the God of the Bible. Um, he, he will change everything about your life. 
uh, and following him, uh, it, there will be no part of you that's untouched. So if you're, you know, and maybe you're here and you're like interested in more of like a casual relationship with the God of the Bible, no such thing exists. Uh, Jesus, do you remember when Jesus said this too? Another one of his upside down kingdom type of teachings. Jesus would say this. He would say, listen, here's what, here's what you have to do to follow me. And he is not telling us to break this command, but here's what he said. He said, if you don't hate, he used that word. If you don't hate your mother and your father and your brother and your sister, you cannot follow me. What's he saying there? Is, he, is, he, is it a direct, you know, is he saying, listen, don't follow your parents, don't o- obey and, and honor your parents? No, he's not. What Jesus is saying And here's what you need to hear, especially if you're new to Christianity, is this. If you want this kind of love in your life, if you want a love that will never leave you, that will give up everything to have you, if you want that, here's what you must do. You must love him so supremely that your love for your family looks like hatred. So love and honor your family, but in comparison to the way you love and honor Jesus, it will look like hatred. That is what it means to follow Jesus. And, and that'll just lead me into my final thing I want to just, uh, just really press into our, the life of our church today is why to do this. Why should you do this? Like, why should you take the fifth commandment seriously? Why should you have that hard conversation with your parents? Why should you invite honesty and sacrifice and love into it? And here's why. The fifth commandment is the only commandment in the Ten Commandments that has a promise attached to it. You ever do that with your kids? I do it with my kids all the time. Like, you know, you're like, you know, I just really want them to get this done. So you just, you put a reward on the end of it, right? It's, it's, it's just, you know, clean your room and we'll go out for ice cream. Like, it's that bad. It's just devastated and you, need, you know that's what will get it done. I feel like, I feel that's kind of like what God's doing here. Uh, it's the only one that he just says, here's... Here's uh, what happens if you'll, if you'll do this. If you will honor your father and mother, uh, then you'll have a long life in the land that I'm giving you. And that's just a Hebrew phrase of saying the abundant life. See, the Israelites were headed to Canaan where they would, they would experience the abundant life in part. Um, but it, it was really, it's, it's metaphor, right? What, what he's saying uh, here in the fifth commandment and, and what Jesus is saying is, listen, I came to give you the abundant life. If you really want an enriching, satisfying life, if you don't want to always be thinking about what your life could have been, should have been, will be, if you, if you want to enjoy your life abundantly the way I meant for you to enjoy it, here's what you'll do. You'll do the hard work of honoring your father and your mother. You will honor your father and mother because you will live abundantly. Now, let's, you know, let's, let me just clear the promise out. What God is not saying... You know, nobody will die at a young age. He's not saying you won't experience any suffering or hardship. He's not saying that, you know, the icing on this cake will be perfectly smooth and it's going to be great. No, what, what he's saying is if you want the rich, deep, satisfying life that only I can offer you, then you'll do this work. Because it's in those places when you're willing to do that work that your life will become abundant and everlasting and life-giving. So here's here's where I want to here's where I want to close this morning. Um, 
again, just kind of referencing my introduction, I am fully convinced um, that God, <laughs> in his divine, eternal wisdom and slash humor, um, has crafted your story in such a way uh, that you can experience his delight like nobody else can. And, and, I, and I, you know, I'm coming up on 40 years here. I think I've spent 40 years wiping the look of my disappointed dad's face off the face of God. And I'm still doing it daily. Um, whether you like it or not, um, our parents function as God to us for our first years of our life. The way you were cared for, good, bad, indifferent, that's what you think God is like. And so this morning, I, I want you to think about the way your parents handled your heart. You know, some of you just had, you know, a dad who just, just couldn't get away from work. You know, his nose was always to the grind, providing for the family, just, just couldn't take time for you. You felt disconnected. For others of you, you were just, you know, your, your mom was, you know, single and working and stressed to the max and un unable to, to connect with your heart. Some of you, you know, some of you just had parents who never even knew your heart. They never pursued your heart. They never loved your heart. And there's, there's a grief to that. And here's, here is the good news of the Bible. And this is, this is the good news that Julian of Norwich, and this is where I want to land today, is God is primarily interested in tending to orphaned hearts, to people who feel like they're fatherless and feel like they're motherless, even though you have fathers and mothers in your life. See, see, God is not interested in, in like just bad-mouthing your parents. What he's interested in is tending to your heart. So to honor your father and mother so that you would live long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you is to cry out from the depths and the aches and the woes and the sadness of your heart to a God who has revealed himself as both father and mother to your heart. He's both the mighty, powerful pursuer of your heart and he is the tender, kind, compassionate one for your heart. The invitation of the fifth commandment is to let God take care of your heart. And it begins by honoring your father and your mother so that you would live long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. That's the invitation, friends. Let's pray and ask God to help us respond to it. Father, I think, um, I think I'm not alone here this morning in grieving parts of our stories with well-meaning parents, parents who did everything that they could with everything that they had, um, but but our hearts ache. None of us had per perfect parents. None. There's not, not a single one. And none of us are perfect parents. But you are.
So, Father, I pray, I pray for our church, for the ears that are hearing this commandment this morning, both that you would show us where our hearts are aching and that you would help us to be curious about those, about those aches and wounds and that you would help us to feel your kindness in them as we eat meals perhaps with our parents today or make phone calls or grieve their absence. Lord, we believe that uh, you have the words of life and these are the words of life. So help us to take them to heart. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the sermon podcast for Mosaic Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Committed to bringing the beauty of the gospel of Jesus to the broken places of our lives. 